unusual title, but we go to church, we ought to have it. How many think we ought to have church? Well, I see a truth about when you're having real church that I really never saw this before until I saw this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Everybody say that word, comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Isn't it wonderful to know we have a God who wants to comfort us? In all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort whereof we ourselves are comforted of God. So I've titled the message, Be Comforted by God to Comfort Others so you can have real church. Now turn to Hebrews 10, and I'm going to show you where it says not to forsake coming together. How many believe we're supposed to still come together? There's a verse we hear in this passage all the time about don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It does not say don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together unless there's a fungus among us called COVID. How many think we're supposed to still go to church? Now, I'm going to show you why we're supposed to come to church. And in Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. How are we not going to waver? Verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Then he says, after telling us to have love and good works, he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Music led right into this. How many, I can't wait till Jesus sets his kingdom up and everything gets straightened out. But until that time comes, he says, don't forsake the assembling together. And while you're coming together, do what I told you before you're coming together and what I told you to do after you've come together. And before, he says, he says what? He says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. And after, he says, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together, he says we ought to exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I I go sometimes to the Shamu whale show in Florida. And I go and I come into that whale show and I see a whale show. And I come through the back door. Oh, no, they don't have doors there. It's all outdoors. But I come into the stadium of the whale show, and I'm, I, I find a seat. Some people like it in the front so you can get splashed on. So I sit down to watch the whale show. While I'm watching the whale show, I'm being entertained by what's going on up front. But I'm not exhorting the person next to me to do anything, except maybe laugh more. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching that whale show. Follow me close. You're supposed to, when you go to church, exhort one another and provoke one another to love and good works before you'll ever have real church. Preach it, okay. I come through that back door. I come into the church building. I take my seat. I sit down. I hear beautiful music. I hear a sermon preached. I say, what melody and harmony, and what a great sermon, good food for thought, Pastor. How about good food for repentance? Boy, it's getting quiet here tonight. 
we're supposed to come to church to have church. Well, so I come through the back door. I come in. I might as well be at a Shamu whale show. A Shamu whale show. That's hard to say. If I come to church, I'm supposed to have church. So what's having church? It's going to the guy. And it's shaking his hand and saying, what's your name? Kelly. Kelly. How many of you know Kelly? Raise your hands. How many wish you did not? No. Okay. <laughs> so here's Brother Kelly. If he visits the nursing home, and I realize how much he's encouraging that nursing home, and I say, keep it up. You saw some people that haven't seen relatives for years keep doing it. Guess what I'm doing? I'm having church. I'm having it. How many believe we need each other? We desperately need each other. And so when you go to church, have church. What's, what's encouragement mean? Increasing the courage of someone else. Simple. In means in. <laughs> right? In means you're increasing the courage of someone else. What's discouragement? When you break the courage of someone else, because the word this means to break it. So when we go to church, we shouldn't break courage. We should increase courage. Now, it says very clearly in Hebrews 3, Go over there with me, and I'm about to preach. In Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse 7. What a truth. This world needs Christians in churches having courage again. And in Hebrews 3, look at verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. How many believe we ought to have soft, tender hearts? I have a sermon I preached once on familiarity. Always they have the slogan, familiarity breeds contempt. But familiarity with our Savior ought to breed fire. So he says, harden not your hearts as in the provocation when God was provoked to anger, in other words. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. And have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Now, what should we do when we go back and look at people that did not walk and keep going and serve all these years? What caused them to turn back? Something that did not happen. So in verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Well, what's the answer to not departing? Verse 13, here it comes again, but exhort one another daily. Would you please, every person in this church, scream that word daily out? Say it louder. You mean every day I'm supposed to exhort? Every day I'm supposed to say, keep that up, keep that up, keep going to that nursing home? Every day? Every day. Why? Because it's easy to depart, and your having real church is going to keep people from departing. Do you care about this tonight? If you do, then in the light of what we heard sung about Jesus coming back, boy, we need to be closer than ever to each other. Church had a split because they couldn't agree in the church dinner whether to use Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. Another church had a split because the deacons couldn't decide whether to use Welch's grape juice or another kind of grape juice during communion. And one of them threw, Bible at, uh, threw the Bible at someone in the deacons' meeting. It's not even funny. 
But I say, use some kind of juice, but don't take communion to get your hearts right with each other. Being encouraged by God puts us in a passion to encourage someone else. And how many of you would agree the greatest encourager is God himself? And that's why they sang so beautifully tonight about God is good. Why? They were encouraged that God is good and they sung it like we really got something out of it. Joshua says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I am shocked how God is with us all the way. I got home one night at at 2 in the morning. And I fell completely asleep at the wheel. How many of you have ever would agree everything happens at 2 o'clock in the morning? I fell completely asleep. My car veered to the left. I'm on a dirt road. Uh, the width of the, of the street was the width of the, the car. Trees on each side. I said, thank you, dear Lord, that you were with me. And I was, I was going up this, 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 this hill on this dirt road. And I had thought I'd gone maybe 500 feet or 200 yards or whatever. I turned the car around to go back where I fell asleep. And I found out I'd gone two miles. I serve a God who is wonderful, takes care of us, and directs us. He says, lo, I'm with you always, after he says to go. And boy, we need to encourage each other to keep going. Because evil men, and now we say, oh, but why bother? Evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. But the next verse says, ready? It says, but continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. From a child you've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So while evil's getting worse and worse, we still have the answer. So we can, we can go out there knowing God is with us all the way and encourage each other to believe that and be increased in courage. But we're responsible to love God, receive from him, so we can help other people. i got to tell you, this is incredible. It happened to me, and I have to share it with you. Why? Because God had it happen to me so I could encourage you I um, was praying for three cameras to film the exhibition. I was praying that God would open up a way to preach on hell, judgment, and the cross on television. Because Joel Osteen had just said, I don't preach on hell. Well, he sa- I heard him say it, or I wouldn't tell you this. Well, the truth is, if Jesus preached on hell 162 times, how many think maybe he was saying, I don't preach like Jesus? I don't like that. Well, let me tell you this. If hell is real, I taught the Sunday school this. If hell is real, we've got to preach on it. But I'll be honest with you. This world needs to know that God still works. So, I'm praying for three cameras, a movie star. I mean, a man called me on the phone out of the blue. He said, are you anywhere near Carrollton, Texas? I said, let me check my calendar. So I had to check where, because I don't know where I'm at now most of the time. And it's so good to be in Vermont tonight. (laughs) So I looked down, and I saw that I was three minutes from Carrollton, Texas, my first meeting. So he booked me. 
I thought, wow, what were the chances somebody would call me where I'm going, my first meeting, right next to it. He booked me. I walked in the gym. You'll never guess what was in the gym. Three cameras. Ready to film. He said, do you mind if we film this? He said, our movie star canceled. I said, go for it. And he filmed it. When it was over, he said, it's all yours. I thought, how the Lord works. And my furnace had a crack down the side of it in New Hampshire. Now, where I'm from in New Hampshire, you've got to have furnace. If it gets 30 below zero for two weeks, and you have icicles on your eyelids. Here, if a snowflake comes out of the sky, we cancel school for three weeks. (laughs) And we scream, snow, what's that? (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) But listen to this. I needed 10,000 to replace it because they said it's condemned. You can't use it when they came to clean it. I said, next time I'm not going to have any cleaning done. But anyhow, that night, the movie producer came to my rally where I was preaching on hell, judgment, and the cross, and the love of God. He came up to me. He said, this isn't the feel-good gospel. This is the truth. Do you mind if we air it on television? Not at all. And I thought, there's my second answer to prayer. How many believe God really does answer prayer? And then, when it was all over, that same man walked up to me and handed me a $10,000 check. And I asked him, are you an angel? And he did not answer me. Then he disappeared into thin... No, (laughs) no. I'm kidding. (laughs) But you say, what's the chances of going in three minutes away where somebody gets you booked at the last minute? We have a God who comforts us, and he says, tell the story because I want other people comforted. We're in a day of so many people needing encouragement. Uh, It's amazing what God does. I first moved to Crown College, where that church is down there under Pastor Sexton's guidance, and I moved there. I found out they were in all the Bible clubs, about 80-something of them in the one city, middle schools and high schools. I thought, wow, they're for the public schools, and I thank God for his leadership down there. And the truth is, I did not know this was going to happen when I moved there. I moved there, and all of a sudden, I heard that my house would not sell to who I thought was buying it. So I had two mortgages now for two years. How many would agree one mortgage is enough? (laughs) So I had two mortgages, and all of a sudden, the septic started coming up through the basement in the home I bought in Tennessee. Then my roof started leaking. I had to replace the whole roof. Then I get a call from my New Hampshire home. I don't think anyone's going to buy this house because uh, the well has a major problem. So after two years of wells, septics, roofs, double mortgage, I I had to have 80,000 just to exist. I had to have 80,000. And I said, Lord, I know that you take care of us. And I just prayed, Lord, would you provide some of this so that we can face the uh, financial situation. And this is really true, what I'm telling you. A guy called me up who I hadn't seen for years. Are you, are you still playing volleyball? I said, yes. He said, are you still seeing Soul Saved? I said, yes. He said, we have a company that, want to, that wants to support three missions that are trying to reach people with the gospel right on like that. 
and you might be one of them if you'd send us your video. Would, would you allow us to show it to the company? I said, feel free to do that. And he showed the video when I was playing these different teams, and, and it's at boboutreach.com if you ever want boboutreach.com. So he sent that company the video, and guess what? He called me on the phone. I'll tell you if you ever invite me back. <laughs> no, he, he, this is amazing. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Four weeks later, my bank called up. You might want to stop in because your checking account just had 83000 deposited in it. I said, would you repeat that one more time? And he did. When my girls were four and six, now they're 38, 36, and 21. All girls. That's true. Him and I are so alike. I like, I overdo everything. He overdoes, overdoes everything. <laughs> he overdoes everything. But the truth is, I, I just can't get over how God does things that you know has to be him doing it. Because he wants glory for everything. Would you agree? In all thy ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge that he comforted you here. Tell it to others. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. So we can bring a surprise spirit back in the church. It'll bring a surprise to us. So $83,000 shows up. Amazing how God does take care of us. Uh, one Bible college back when this was worth 100000 was they had a $10,000 bill that needed to be paid so urgently. The student body began to pray, and they prayed this. Dear God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Would you please sell some of your cattle so we can meet this $10,000 bill? Four weeks later, a cattle rancher had an envelope sent to the Bible college who knew nothing about the need, it said, we have sold some cattle and felt led to give you $10,000. <laughs> wow. Amazing how God works. When my girls were four and six, I was begging the Lord for a motorhome. I just felt in need to beg them for a motorhome. Every time one passed me on the road, I'd ask the Lord again to provide a, a vehicle to travel as a family like that. A man in Oregon called me on the phone. Are you, I heard you're doing something in schools. I said, yes. I feel like I'll live in schools. And I've met some unusual characters in school. How many would agree there's some unusual young people around this country? One uh, teacher said, if there's any dumbbells here, stand up. And one boy stood up. She said, are you a dumbbell? He said, no, but I hate to see you standing there all by yourself. <laughs> so you just never know what they're going to say. <laughs> never know. But any... Way, um, I was begging God for a motorhome, and I got a call from another stranger. Are you still doing what, you know, are you playing volleyball? I said, yes. Send me a video of what you're doing. He watched it, called me on the phone, and he said, I'm 3,000 miles away from you because I lived in New England back then. He said, I, I, he said, I was watching your video, and I feel led of the Holy Spirit to want to do something for you. I said, how nice. He said, I want to give you a, a new gift. And I'm thinking, a pen with my name on it. He said, if you'll get a one-way plane ticket to Portland, Oregon, 
He said, I just bought this brand new motorhome and I want to give it to you. I said to him, would you repeat that one more time? He did. I said, I feel led of the Holy Spirit to come to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> and I got off that airplane and five kids are jumping up and down in that airport saying, we're glad to give you this. I'm driving it all across the nation. There's only one answer. God takes care of us. And he comforts us so we can comfort someone else. Be of good courage. Lack of courage will weaken the heart. I'm thinking about a weak heart right now because God did something else for me this fall. I had about 100 games. There were 800 saves since September. And I was literally going around the country with AFib. Now, if you don't know what AFib is, it means I fib all the time. Now, AFib is when the heart goes crazy. You know, it's supposed to be like this. (laughs) Right? But mine was doing like this. Then again. Then like this. So they call it a flutter because the hearts are not the hearts not working together. Well, the doctor looked at me and said, "How in the world are you standing here having played that many games?" He said, "I need to take care of you." So anyway, I went in and I prayed, "Dear Lord, please help me not to have a blockage." They went in there with the camera, looked at it, and they found out <laughs> most incredible thing. How many of you know what a bypass is? Raise your hands. Well, It just so happened that I had two complete blockages that were now running the way it was supposed to run. I said, sir, how'd that happen? He said, with all the games you've played, your heart is constantly moving like this. He said, it formed two new pathways, and you had a double bypass by God himself. I said, praise the Lord, (laughs) and it's flowing all right? He said, yes, it is. Boy, I'm so thankful for my God. So go to Psalm 42.11 and watch what this says. I'm asking the Lord to keep me going. Pray that God will help me reach these kids because they're dying without the Savior and we need to get the Savior to be understood by them. Uh, Psalm 42.11. A question is asked to us, and I'd like to ask the same question tonight. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? What that means is discouraged or uneasy about things. Do you mean we're not even supposed to be uneasy? I don't care what Washington is doing. We should still trust in our God. So what does he say? Why? Ask the question. Look at the mirror and say, why are you disquieted? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings or bad news. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, and he shall not be afraid. Cast thy burden on the Lord. So if I'm supposed to cast that, I'm not supposed to reel it back to dumb old me. Because I can't handle taking care of these things. Only God can take care of whether my heart's still pumping. How many would agree with that? So God himself you need to look to. So that you can go to people who are in trouble. Let me help you. So cast your burden on the Lord. He shall sustain thee and not suffer the righteous to be moved. Listen to this. God is our refuge and strength. Everybody say refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. That's amazing. Present help. How do we know this? Because Romans 8.28 is still true. 
Now, I, I may have used this in the youth conference we had, but I'm gonna, I feel like saying it tonight because it fits in. We are not supposed to be down in the mouth. Do not let the churches that don't get excited over the Bible but get excited over dreams and visions and too much pizza at night and, and say to yourself, I am going to be excited about a man of God who preaches the Bible week after week. One lady was cooking a tortilla in the oven and on it were burn marks that she said, look, just like the face of Jesus. She hung it up by a string, making it look like it was a shrine to worship. 8,000 people came to her house to see the tortilla from heaven. And her husband said, my wife has been more submissive to me since she met the tortilla from heaven. Well, how many of you are glad you met the God of the Bible? That's what we ought to shout amen about, the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And by the way, you ought to never get used to it. How many are glad God's word is exciting, even if you hear the same verse all the time? It's a li- It's not like a library book where you read it once and you're bored the second time. If he decided to preach on one verse for the next 20 years, do you know 20 years later you could still be sitting there shouting amen? Wow, what a truth. How do you know? Because the Bible's a person. Jesus is a person, the greatest friend we could ever have, and his name is called the Word. So how many would agree the Word of God is Jesus? And if you love him, you could hear him say the same sweet thing for 20, 30 years, same verse. There's a whole Bible to study. But you still get something out of it because what a person he is. So, what should you do? You should say, thank God every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And what you ought to say is, thank God, preacher, even though I've heard you preach on that many times, I'm not used to it. So you could hear something thousands of times. And the reason you'll still get something out of it is the Bible is a person. Husbands, how many of you have your wife sitting next to you? Look at her right now and say, why do I have to see you again? I've seen you a thousand times before. I'm glad it's quiet in the church. You say, I wouldn't do that. Why? She's a person who means something to me. How many believe Jesus ought to mean everything to us? So you'll never be discouraged hearing the same thing over and over. Just keep going back to it and say, thank God the preacher's preaching that Bible again. But here's the truth in Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So what should we encourage each other with when trials come? Every single trial is an ingredient doing something good. I love homemade bread, and I, I mean this. There's nothing like homemade bread. And how many would agree with this? Women are not right with God at home unless they make homemade bread. I just lost all the ladies. But it's delicious. But everything that makes it up is horrible. Oh, yeast, woo, salt, flour. But once it comes together, it's delicious. And it makes a woman right with God. <laughs> and it's delicious. But, but do you? I, I preached that in one church, and the next night there were seven loaves of homemade bread on the pulpit. And I saw that, and I got up and preached on Cadillacs, but it didn't help a thing. (laughs) But homemade bread is delicious. But you know what makes something delicious? Each thing that makes it up is not delicious. God knows how to cook. 
So, what should I do? I had four things happen in one year. I hit an 18-wheel logging truck. My car, my van spun around three times. My face was against the window, bloody. My neighbor came by and saw them cutting me out with jaws of life and ran to town to try to find my wife. Your, your husband's face is all... Anyway, I told her later I was just, I was just posing for her. But they rushed me to the hospital, and I thought they were playing a trick because I woke up and I didn't know what happened. But I hit this 18-wheel logging truck and decided I'm going to take on volleyball teams but not 18-wheel logging trucks from now on. So here I am being rushed to the hospital. I got there. The state policeman came up to my bedside and said, if you hadn't hit that truck exactly where you hit it, within one inch, you'd have been crushed to death under that truck. I said, I guess God knows about one inch. Now I can encourage people. A few weeks later, oh, and the doctor also said this. He said, you have a hematoma. Now, I do not like when doctors use things, names of things I don't know what that means. Like they write a prescription. What am I getting? Poison? <laughs> right. and you don't, so anyway, he said, you have a hematoma. What that is, he said, is a, when your seatbelt grabbed you like that, it calcified the bone in your collarbone. You'll see this like a baseball here. He said, you're developing a new bone. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm evolving. <laughs> Before long, three arms are going to be playing volleyball, and you'll get a big crowd. <laughs> now, thank God, that's all that happened is a hematoma, yeah, but you won't be playing volleyball for probably 40 weeks. Thank God the great physician knew better than the earthly, and the next week I had 40 games. And God knew better. And then the doctor. All I'm saying is, let's take the encouragement God gives us and encourage each other. That God is a refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. So my wife, first I hit the logging truck. My wife miscarried her baby about four weeks later. A few weeks after that, my wife found out her heart was upside down behind, I'm sorry, her stomach was upside down behind her heart. And it, it twisted, and the stomach was jammed in behind the heart. It's not supposed to be there. And they took eight hours to straighten out her belly. It's a very rare thing that happens to some people. A few weeks later, we had a flood that did several thousand dollars with no flood insurance. Now, I could take each one of those individual things and I could say, salt, I hate you. Yeast! And God says, in these last days, you let me cook for you. And you are the ingredients that are happening to you and you can become established, strengthened, and settled because you now become homemade bread as long as you don't get bitter at the individual circumstances. So what you should do is that in these last days. Don't let discouragement pass on. The Christian life is a math class, one problem after the next. Because God is constantly wanting to make homemade bread out of our lives. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea.
Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. As not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How many are glad? We have a peace that this world can't get because it's the creator of the universe living in you that gives you a peace from the inside. How many believe that? This world needs to see some Christians who can open that hymn book and sing How Great Thou Art like they used to. (laughs) How great! And I'm not a singer. The last time I sang, a bunch of cows took off running the other direction. And I knew I wasn't called to sing. (laughs) But you sing those hymns. I'd sing them, but I'm looking at that salt. I'd sing it out, but that yeast bothers me. Peace, God says, I want to give you in the midst of turmoil. How many are glad Jesus brings peace? And boy, a big peace will come over one another and the community too will say, what in the world makes you tick? Therefore, we will not fear. We'll have peace. Somebody wrote this. I couldn't get over how they wrote this. This actually happened to a man that went to eat. He said, during the years of blissful ignorance, I ate bacon and eggs without fear. Now I can't even look at an egg without thinking, you killer. You are going to clot and poison me. So then I began cutting back on cholesterol intake, and I learned that certain kinds of cholesterol were good for me. So I tried eating a little oat bran, muffins, and fruit fiber cereals. But I'm told now that they're not all they've been hyped up to be because sugar's in it, and sugar's a killer. So we're advised to use substitutes, but then we find out that causes cancer in rats. Now it seems like antacids contain aluminum and are considered a cause of Alzheimer's, and beef has a cancer-causing hormone additive. Chicken may contain salmonella poisoning. Fish has iodine, and apples are dangerous because they have a cancer-causing spray on them. He actually said this after reading this article and writing it down from his own worry. I'm afraid to open my refrigerator. I got a great answer. Bless the food and eat. And go to <laughs> Mayflower. <laughs> but I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 34, 4. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. And some of you say, well, that's not so hard for God to number my hair. It even went on to say that bald people have vellus variety hair, which is unseen by the human eye. So those of you may need to hold your head up tall and say, I have vellus variety here, and don't you forget it. Have not I commanded thee? Commanded thee! I guess you didn't miss the word. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Joshua 1.9. For I have heard the slander of many, and fear was on every side, but they took counsel together against me and devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute. Imagine, God's in control of our time. So it was no surprise to God when the whole world got covid So when we get mad at COVID, we're saying this, God, I'm mad at what you allowed to happen. My times are in thy hand. O Lord, 
I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man to direct his own steps, Jeremiah 10.23. So we hope because nothing takes God by surprise. Wow. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in me. How many believe there's never a time you cannot trust God? Let me try that again. How many of you would agree that God makes no mistakes? If God doesn't make a mistake, then we, we are actually putting our fist up to God when we get mad at stuff that's going on right now. I've been there where you are, watching Fox News, wanting to pick up a brick and throw it through the TV. And the famous saying that we're all saying over and over, why doesn't somebody do something? But I have news for you. God is in control of everything. So why art thou cast down? Get your comfort from God so you can have your head up tall and say, my God is working this way and I want you to have your head up more than you do. Now, I love volleyball. I hate the... I've never gotten used to this. I love what the message does to reach people, but I still like the game and have fun with it. And what the back row has to do is set up the front row to spike it. One could do wrong by not setting up good, and one could do wrong by not spiking good. But the back row is supposed to set up the front row. Every time you come to church, he's setting up the ball for you so that you can spike it to each other. Go ahead, set it up. (laughs) It goes to him on the other side of the net. And I, I spiked it to him. He set it up. I spiked it to him. You know what? That's what church is. How many think we ought to have church when we go to church? In Kansas, a, a girl got lost in the wheat fields and they couldn't find her for several hours. 300 people searched. One guy, I have the answer. Everybody come here. They all came over. He said, make a straight line. And let's hold hands. And let's go in unison together and walk forward. We will cover every square inch by doing this. A foot hit the girl. The mother was about to have a spell of happiness until she saw the face of the guy who hit the daughter when he said, I found her! She had already passed away. True story. The mother put her head down. Her whole countenance changed. And then she looked up and said this. And if I ever, before I die, had a chance to preach to a lot of pastors in this country, I would say the same thing she hollowed out. Why didn't we join hands sooner? I'll start with where I went to Bible college. I'm of Tennessee Temple. I'm of Bob Jones. I'm of this one. I'm of that one. And a whole country going to hell. How many think we need to start marching together? Whatever happened to that? 
whatever. Now, it, whenever you preach that, it does get a little bit different in the attitude of the church. But I got news for you. Thank God we follow Jesus. Um, and we, and, you know, remember the, in Corinthians, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of this one, I'm of that one. How many are glad we're following a Savior that never fails? So go forward with him. We come to the, the stable. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And unto us a child is born, a son is given. His name is Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. How many are glad he's still all that? Now, watch this. You go to a stable in your mind. I wish I was there. And if you go to a stable and realize that God Almighty came down to earth to die on a cross and you ask him to save you, you're going to say, wow, that stable is making me stable in a dark day because of what Jesus did when he was born in that stable. Blessed is a man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Not blessed is he that follows Wall Street or the election. He that we should look at what's happening and stand for the right things. But Bible teaches us so clear that all our times, I've read these all these verses to you, his, our times are in his hand. Oh, what a great God. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Psalm 121. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep nor, nor sleep. You mean to tell me God never sleeps? He's always taking care of me and never goes on vacation and never tells me to hit number one if you want my voicemail. Boy, I'm glad my God is there all the time. And that one born in a stable said this, in the perfect time, you study the Old Testament, you see all the fulfillments in the New Testament, and at the right time, Jesus came. Wait a minute. In everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To the sons of men to be exercised, right? In Ecclesiastes, we see the exercise God puts us through. He made everything beautiful in his time. Listen to this verse in Isaiah 33. And wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge of God, who we follow, and we're thankful he came as a verse, born of a virgin, how many are glad Jesus was God visiting planet Earth? So we're glad he did. Listen to this. Wisdom and instruct and knowledge shall be the, the, the stability of thy times. I think I've worn out this one and I'm about to preach. The, all right. That means I'm supposed to stop. Now that we have a new battery, I can go just as long as I've already gone. And I will not have to play volleyball tonight. But listen to this. <laughs> but wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is, is his treasure. So we have a treasure to tell the world, why are you peaceful? Now, I personally, this is crazy. But when I'm on an airplane, I love, uh, what's it called uh, when it does this? Turbulence. I love it. It rocks me to sleep like a baby. 
I fall asleep when there's all kinds of turbulence. But how many believe we can have peace though there's turbulence all around us? We really can. And I want to close with this. I lay me down. I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. I'll not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. You ought to have more joy in this church like you already do, and you bring God's presence with joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength, and the Word is a, it gives us joy. Thy words were found, I did eat them, the, the, and the Word was the joy and rejoicing in my heart. I am the Lord, your, your Holy One, the Creator Israel, your King. And thus make the Lord makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. How wonderful. I couldn't believe this. I, I had to play volleyball the next morning in a school that was four hours away from where I live. My back pulled out because I lifted furniture, not with my legs, but with my back. How many of you are supposed to remember you're supposed to pick up heavy things with your legs? And I bent over and did this thing, and then my back pulled out. How many of you have ever seen that happen? And it hurt very bad. The next morning I prayed, dear Lord, do you really want me to go to that school tomorrow when I can't even get up off the floor? And God says, if you go, I'll be with you. I went the next morning. It took me 45 minutes to tie my shoes. Finally got dressed, went to the school. I got to the school. I could not get out of the car because when I lifted my leg out to get out, it was making that knife jab me so bad. How many would agree I need my leg to play volleyball? How many believe that? <laughs> yeah. So I reached down with my arms and got it out. Now I have a major problem. My other leg is still in the car. And how many would you agree I need both legs to play volleyball? So I reached down, got the other leg out. Now I'm walking up to the school just like this. And the principal's waiting at the front door. I said, I'm the one-man volleyball team. <laughs> and she said, we'll cancel this. <laughs> I said, no, bring the kids in the gym. And they brought them in the gym, and God took the pain away for a whole hour. After it came back, worse than before, I graduated from 90 years old to 125 years old. I'm going to my second school worse. I was almost crawling to that school. And they said, we'll change the date. I said, bring them in the gym. And God took the pain away again. Fast forward 16 years. I am through in a minute. Fast forward about 16 years to just before covid I had, in a seven-week period, 277 games. In 77 schools, they were all seven, so I had to trust the Lord about it. Kidding. Seven, 77 schools. My son-in-law said, you've got to stretch. He said, I know you've never stretched, but if you're having that many games, you've got to stretch. Now, I've had a belief all these years, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Well, I did what my son-in-law said. He said, get in an Indian position. So I did what he said, got in an Indian position, and put my legs like that. He said, now push your legs all the way to the floor. So I did a second thing that I regretted. I pushed my legs 
to the floor, and then I heard this. <laughs> I said, Nate, what's that? <laughs> you just caused this. And I learned the greatest lesson you'll ever learn, never listen to a son-in-law in your whole life. So I'm walking into the first school with the youth pastor walking with me. He said, and now my knees were causing me to limp worse than my back did 16 years before that. And I'm walking in the gym like this. And the youth, uh, the youth pastor said, I'm nervous. <laughs> I said, did God bring the animals to Noah's Ark at the right time? He said, he sure did. I said, you watch, remembering what God did before and how many believe God never dies. So God's going to help take away the pain when it's time. But look how you're walking. God took the pain away. We went to the Chinese buffet after that, and I couldn't even go up to the buffet and get my food. He had to bring it to me. <laughs> In all seriousness. And then I had to go play in another school. He said, how are you going to do this again? Got to the school, and I'm limping in like this. He said, I can't believe you're doing this again. I said, well, we serve the same God. And God took the pain away again. I went from there to Walmart to get Bengay, but it was all the way at the corner of the store. And I realized that in order to get the Bengay, I had to walk a long way, so I got in the electric cart. <laughs> the volleyball guy. <laughs> Going to get his Bengay. Then I went and did the third school, and God took the pain away again. May I give you amazing, glorify God, whatever it takes to comfort us tonight. I was walking in all 77 schools like this, and God took the pain away every time. Why? We serve a risen Savior. There's so much more I want to say, but time is now to play volleyball. But I hope as we go there, you won't forget the reason I'm doing this is because I want this world to have peace. And the only way they're going to have peace is when they come to the Prince of Peace. How many believe that? Now, if he's the Prince of Peace and he's living in us, God help us to shed peace on everybody around us. Father, I thank you for speaking to my own heart as I gave this, because if there was anybody that needed this tonight, it was me. And Lord, I pray... that each of us would take the simple truth, even though it took a lot of ways of saying it, but the simple truth is we need to be an encouragement to others and join hands with comfort the way we've been comforted so we can go out saying we had church. And we do it other times even when there's no assembling together. You get on each other's phones and Facebooks and encourage each other. But I, I'm just so glad that our God always wants to be there for us. How many of you would say, this message has encouraged me tonight, has increased my courage? Would you raise your hands real high? Now, how many got convicted tonight about not encouraging each other enough? Raise your hand. Would you say, dear God, help me to realize I'm no different than going to a Shamu whale show unless I exhort and provoke? God, the pastor, has done a wonderful job at setting us up with sermons. Dear God, help us to spike it at each other in love. <clears throat> We're all having struggles. But dear God, help us to remember homemade bread and help us to remember joy. With that, I feel led to do this this way. Uh, pastor will come and close however he feels led. This is, you know, a family here.